everybody. This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. And with me today, of course, is Hans, who is uh, laughing to jokes he told himself. I think he's got one of those old-school racist joke books that says, uh, well, actually, Hans, what's, what is one of those racist oh, no, no, jokes you from can, the 1930s? Go ahead. You can, you can start it. Go ahead. Start with like, like how many of whom can you fit into an ashtray, you know? Isn't yeah. that the, the gag? Hey, we got Jake back on the show. How you doing tonight, Jake? Hey, guys. I'm great. Thanks for bringing me on this one. I'm psyched. I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm an open, I'm, I'm an open, uh, out-of-the-closet M. Night fan. So I'm very, very happy to get into his library here. Yes, I think you you were very defensive, or, or not defensive, but you were like a, an advocate for that new M. Night movie that came out that I poo-pooed, Old. Old? Oh, I yes. li- yeah, I liked it, yeah. That movie fucking stunk. I hated that movie. But we're not talking about that movie tonight. We're talking about some, some uh, classic M. Night, which I revisited recently, uh, just out of the blue, because I was in a mood to watch Signs. And Signs, I think, is maybe my favorite of his films that I've watched this far and Hold then on. i was like w- was that the inspiration for the buena vista dvd tweet that you had? oh yeah because i have that ex- exact print of that dvd buena vista dvds great great time to be a physical media collector like oh two oh three oh yeah good aside maybe we'll talk about that later just wanted to say i uh i i visited my mom recently and i was just like perusing my old dvd shelves because i've left so many behind in favor of blu-ray i was like well what do i got on the shelf over here that probably isn't on streaming that i could maybe go for watching again and signs was my number one pick so i i got around to watching that and i was so like you don't oh, have a lot of dvds is that what you're saying i you know more I, dvds i <laughs> i've got a fair <laughs> amount of dvds here in new york as well but uh i don't know i was I, i've been in the mood to watch a movie like signs for a while that aughts era of alien invasion mm-hmm. movies there's some pretty good films in that batch uh spielberg's war of the, or at least the first hour hour and a half of spielberg's war of the worlds is another one before you get introduced to tim robbins and they get trapped in the basement they show the aliens and they're cute that fucking ruined yeah. the movie for me in the theater i was just i was done i was ready to walk out so uh science is not what we're talking about tonight but that got me on a kick recently where i was like oh right no we weren't just brainwashed into believing M. Night Shyamalan was was good back then. Maybe maybe he had some worth. I don't know. It's kind of a mixed bag going back, but I, I'm very intrigued to continue revisiting his films. I've only watched four this far. I watched Signs, the movie we're going to be talking about tonight, which is Unbreakable, as well as Lady in the Water, which I hadn't seen before, and The Village. So you got the classic yeah. M. Night era, uh, Sands, The Sixth Sense, which... I only learned recently that was not his first film. Did you guys know that? No, he did. He did a couple. He did. Um, he did a faith-based movie in the mid to late nineties. I, I forget the name of it. And then he wrote good old Stuart Little in 1998, 99. Yeah. It came out the same year as uh, the sixth sense. He's definitely got some odd screenwriting credits. He's got that. And what never been kissed with Drew Barrymore, I think might be the other one. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I think he was a ghostwriter on that. But no, there was a movie in between what you're talking about, which is Praying with Anger, which was his debut back in the mid-90s, where he starred and wrote and directed and produced. And it's about an Indian-American uh, being Indian or something. And then he's got a second one. 
Instead of a bad actor being a bad actor. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a hey, look, that's another conversation that we'll probably get into for, for this film and for he kind of plays a terrorist in this movie, doesn't he? But that was before nine eleven. Yeah. Anyway, uh he He's did a movie also Hindi, which they don't do anything ever to anybody. Well, you know, you've seen one brown, you've seen them you're all, a woman. am I right? <laughs> Unless you're a woman, then they just sexually harass you <laughs> until you show them something. Well, just... <laughs> before you The know. Sixth Sense, he does a movie with Rosie O'Donnell. How about that? And that is called Wide Awake. Wide Awake. Wide Awake. Right. So that'll be next in the retrospect. I've never heard or seen of that until recently. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Huz, you just wanted to watch a Rosie film the other night. What the Wait fuck a minute. is that Hold fix? on. Is, is it a uh, coincidence that a Rosie O'Donnell film has the title wide in the title? <laughs> oh. is, that, is that by design? It's a good David that's... Letterman joke from 1997. <laughs> oh, good. No, it's a lady who's especially famous for just a lady being fat yeah a lady it was, that's the nicest lady thing anymore? that's the nicest thing anyone said about <laughs> rosie o'donnell in quite some time um <laughs> so unbreakable stars bruce willis and it stars wait hold on can, yeah, can i just yeah. clarify the fact that the only rosie o'donnell movie i want to watch is the riding the bus with my sister or whatever because she's so funny playing a mentally handicapped person that oh my that, that's that's the that's the one but uh it's kind that's of it. I don't want, isn't it i don't want i don't want anyone to think that i dm you were talking about which rosie o'donnell the rosie o'donnell retrospective is coming up next week uh if i if i remember correctly weren't you a big fan of a league of their own hans oh yeah yeah it's my favorite baseball movie i, I love ladies sports there were skirts in the cute. No, <laughs> I don't even know if I've ever seen. Almost it. as good as Joanna Man. Joanna oh, Man yeah. is a classic. <laughs> the classic. Uh, yeah. So Unbreakable is a good, good classic M Night film. Comes right on the heels of the Sixth Sense. He reunites with Bruce Willis, who he does not work with again until Split in 2016. And this was not that big of a hit by comparison. Kind of. Took the wind out of his sails a little after that movie uh, was a big cultural phenomenon. Everybody was talking about The Sixth Sense. You had to go see The Sixth Sense. Don't talk about the ending of The Sixth Sense. This movie doesn't really have uh, the same luster to it that that film had. It's a much quieter film. And also, the child actor in this is is clearly... like you, you could tell he wanted Haley Joel Osment back again and probably just couldn't book him, couldn't afford him. So they got a kid who looked exactly like him, but... A little skinnier face. Uh, when, when was the first time you guys saw Unbreakable? Probably, what year is it now? 22. Uh, probably 20 years ago. I, I remember seeing it um, like at my at like a cousin's house, literally within a year or so after it came out. So yeah, yeah about 20 years ago was the first time I saw it. Yeah, I feel like I caught this when it went to the video store, not long after it was initially released. Uh, and I, I don't remember it making that much of an impression on me. I wanted to like aspects of it, but I just, I don't know, I couldn't connect with it for whatever reason as a 10 or 11-year-old boy at the time. Hans, what about you? I, I, I honestly don't know. I know I've seen it once before this time, but I, I didn't see it when it, come out, when it came out in the theater or anything. Uh, I, I don't know. I want to say maybe 2010 because it's not, I think this is a That's second. pretty late. I saw 
I saw it today, and I think this is the second time that I've ever seen it. So it was probably 2010-ish or around well, that time. Were either of you guys invested in that M. Night train in the early aughts where it was like, all right, this guy's kind of a modern – a lot of uh, Jordan Peele's luster these days, a lot of the mm-hmm. hype that he gets is similar to that? M. Night's back then, but I don't think it's warranted in his case. It's a little premature. Um but M. Night back then, I mean, people like to rag on that one, what was it, Rolling Stone or Entertainment Weekly cover, where it's him standing in a crop field uh, around the time he's shooting signs, and it says, the next Spielberg. I Which, love it when they do that, when they when they do that with next Kubrick. And it's like yeah, the next Hitchcock that, was yeah. Peel. So <clears throat> uh, I, I, after watching these films, I, I, I don't necessarily think that, headline was unwarranted at the time i don't think anyone could have predicted the the crashing halt that his career would wind up taking not long after doing i mean i guess you could argue that uh there's a lot of debate as to where the drop-off point is some people think it's a village some people think it's lady in the water i think unquestionably you know you can't argue for anything later than the happening with mark Wahlberg. that one looked like a fake so you know how we talk about fake movies all the time where it's mm-hmm. just famous people on the cover and you're just like, this is a movie about nothing. Like, what is, yeah. is there even a plot to this thing? That's what that, I took. The, I, I took someone on a date to go watch that and I was so pissed <laughs> with how shitty it was. They never called fucking, you back. Nope. I talked throughout <laughs> the whole thing. Just like, are you like, I think I said, are you fucking kidding? Like a hundred times. Uh, and then, yeah, nothing happened with that date. So, uh, Definitely I, not the happening. I would say before that. I also, I, I don't. I went on a date to the happening as well. But here's the thing: I didn't know anything about the movie, and I didn't even know it was an M Night Shyamalan film. Mm. I just saw posters to it at the uh, the lobby of the Braintree AMC that I would go to and sneak into several films of afterwards. So it was like, all right, we're gonna go do a double feature that day. We're gonna go see something, and then we'll sneak into the happening after because that time lines up. And we did that, and I was like. Oh, this is an M. Night film. Okay, cool. Well, I haven't seen anything of his in a little while. And I, I'm, I remember walking out of that and just being like, that, I mean, that was, that was M. Night Shyamalan? That was, what was it? Hold on. I'm a little confused by just what I watched here today. Um, Would you like the twist? That's a twist ending there where it's like. But it wasn't even the end. I mean, here's the thing. He did not do it at the end. It comes right at the middle of the film. Like yeah. you have decent suspense up to that point or at least i thought so as a 17 year old in the theater seeing that movie and then when it's revealed what it is and they show you it with uh like a dude feeding himself to the lawnmower i think it is it's just kind of like well you don't have that scene where mark Wahlberg is in one little cabin and he's looking at the other one and he's like i really have to cross and get there but there's wind outside I don't know what to do about all yeah, this wind. Yeah. People started <laughs> like, laughing fuck. audibly in the theater when he was interacting with that old woman whose house they stayed at, too. No, yeah. no, no, that's not true. <laughs> you can clearly just tell the point where Wahlberg gave up on treating it like a serious film. But I remember that the tra- at least what I remember was that the trailer was very impactful because they only show the people killing themselves, you know, at the beginning yeah. of the movie where they're mm-hmm. getting out of their cars or just like in the middle of traffic and it looks very chaotic and then you watch it and the way that i guess the conflict is resolved like you said halfway or at least exposed you're just kind of like oh this is where you went with it 
Well, isn't it resolved because nature is just like, eh, I guess we'll let up now. Like it just naturally ends. Or no something? one does anything, I don't think, because it's the wind. What are you going to do against the wind? You know, you're getting spores or whatever the fuck it was, right? And then all of a sudden nature was like, yeah. Well, we'll find out when we revisit that next week on uh, movies. So, uh, we're all right. So, Jake, were you? I mean, you're you're an M Night fan now, but were you big on M Night back in the early aughts when he was the real deal, the, the genuine article, as they say? I, I I can't really say yes. I was kind of I was too young at the time. I was just coming up when he was really hitting his stride. Like uh, I saw signs from the video store when it first came out, and I remember. I loved it. Like we loved that movie. That 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 was. Uh, I remember like all the hype when it came out and everything. Didn't see it in the theaters. We got it uh, from Blockbuster, and we loved it. And I think I actually recognized um, his name at the time. And that, but that definitely carried over by the time it was. Uh, the, by the time the Village came out, I was like, I was old enough to be like, oh, okay, I know this guy, and like, oh, I'm excited for this movie, and. Uh, yeah, so by the village, I I would say I consider myself a fan. So yeah, yeah, I guess so. And what about you, Hans? Up to that, you mean up until the village, and then it's a drop off, or you started with the village? That doesn't. Uh, no, no. I, I was I would just say that like when the village was coming out, it was at the point where I was I I would be excited aware for an M Night aware. movie where I was like, oh, it's this guy. Yeah, yeah, he's good. I'll see it. And spoiler, I I still do like The Village. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, at the time I was really caring much about directors when all these movies came out. For me to you know, even recognize one of them, be like, oh, this guy, unless it's like uh, Spielberg or a blockbuster-y person. You know, I, I wasn't really... Uh, into movies to an autistic detail like I am now. So I, I didn't really care that much. Uh, I would just see that it's a, either a suspense or a horror movie and I'll go see it. The one thing I knew about him when I saw that happening, though, was that, you know, he's known for his twists. So let's see what he's doing with this one now. And uh, that didn't really work out. But I, I don't think I was as obsessive as I am now when it comes to, like, looking up information and just oh i haven't seen any of these first three movies or whatever let me find them i guess because i don't i don't even know if imdb was a thing at the time oh yeah it was uh, for, yeah it was it was just an early you know when the forums were still a thing and yeah which i mm-hmm. wrote about today <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i don't know i don't think at, at the time like i really care that much about directors so i uh, i don't know i saw his movies late too i didn't really see them when they came out so i, I don't i don't really have much of a connection with 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 this guy where's he from he's india though, he's from, right he's from philly oh, he's not philly right he's from philadelphia everything's in philadelphia and his his movies it's all like pennsylvania based it's cool yeah. it's very it's very personal i, I like when filmmakers do that it, I don't know. it seems more genuine it seems like he kind of carves out uh, a whole aesthetic and he does but again i digress it's like kevin smith with jersey right Oh yeah, Jersey. I mean, look, it, it is kind of kind of similar to that. It, there's there's some comparisons to be made, maybe with their later careers. Anyway, uh, M Night, I I feel like was somebody who I became uh, more in tune with the work of around signs. Like I definitely checked out the Sixth Sense when it came to the video store back in '99, and I liked it. I didn't find it particular. You know what I found scary about the Sixth Sense was not like Misha Barton 
having well she was an anorexic but she was getting poisoned by her mom right i haven't oh, yeah. rewatched that in a second i didn't find any of the ghost shit scary what i found spooky about it, what crept me out was uh donnie Wahlberg playing a retarded mentally deranged man in the beginning <laughs> there's something viscerally frightening about coming home and seeing just a naked man in your bathroom <laughs> holding you a gun naked donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah even at nine years of age that was the most horrifying thing i could imagine so I was in based off that. And then on Breakable, I, I remember people saying uh, it was it was like a superhero movie. And so I was like, all right, well, I, I, like, I like superhero movies. I'll check this out. And it is, sure. Um, I don't know. What, if... had, what had come out at the time, though? The Batmans, right? Just the Batmans? They were, right. There were only the Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher Batman movies. Obviously, Superman came before that. Um Spider-Man hadn't even come out yet. So X-Men comes no. out the same year as this. So the superhero genre is much more limited in 2000 than it obviously would be only five or eight years later or two years later. And I was interested based on those terms. And by the time that Science Roll it came around, I was big on alien invasion movies. And I was a fan of M. Night to that point because I enjoyed both of the films. Although, I, again, I wasn't as hot on Unbreakable. Uh and I was in on that, loved that movie, saw The Village, teenagers coming out of the theater in front of me started saying, that ending fucking sucked. And so I was like, oh no, what did I just buy tickets to? What are we in store for today? I saw The Village, and at the time, I was really off-put by that ending. Um, we'll talk about that more when we do The Village for a show. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to get into a full retrospective on M. Night here because, I'm, frankly, I'm not that well-versed. Um, then I lucked into seeing the happening and after that, I just kind of avoided him for a while. I certainly mm -hmm. didn't, I still have yet to see the last airbender, the avatar adaptation or yeah. the, uh, yeah. Will Smith, Jaden Smith after earth feature that he did. seems like he just got, you know, he got into a point where his career or his own like creative path as a screenwriter dropped off. People weren't vibing with it. And he was just like, I'm just going to do blockbusters now. I'm just going to do. Movies that are probably going to make bank no matter what. And then they didn't. didn't. They didn't. No, it was <laughs> well, the worst yeah, but decision. He still, but he still got the paycheck. That's yeah. what he was doing. Oh, yeah. he, he was just, I, he was what, writing and directing. And even at that point, he was still writing those movies and directing them. Like, they're no good. Like, last Airbender. Did he write that? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. He wrote that. Yeah, he wrote a, a oh, version yeah. of it. I, he was just going for the paycheck then and... It shows. Oh, wow. Devil. Have you guys seen Devil? The movie happens uh, in an elevator? No. Yeah, that, but I have to rewatch it. That's he produced from his, that one. Yeah, he, that, he that's from his production it. company. Or this story, apparently. Yeah. Right. He he set everything up with it and then let the guy who did uh, As Above, So Below handle the directing on that one. I have not seen it, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember good things about it at all. I remember it was one of those movies where it's just like, oh, it happened, cool. I think it got a mixed reaction, but I think it did well in the box office. Mm -hmm. Now, there's one that I'm forgetting that came after Airbender and after oh. After Earth that was the also visit? a bomb. No, The Visit was like the first... That was like ooh, the, the Maybe he's coming back. Right, that, that began it. That began talk that maybe M. Night got his shit together. No, there was uh, After Earth, then uh, Wayward Times that I think he was producing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Show. That. And then The Visit, and then Split. Okay, so then it was just a three-film slump with The Happening, 
after, after Earth in well, no, Airbender. Lady in the Water. That's four. Yeah, well, I, look, the quality of that can be debated. I don't know if we'll do a full show on that one because I don't have a lot to say about it. But I watched it. And I was like, there. Look, there's some not great performances in the movie, but it's not like silly to the point that the happening gets ridiculous. Mm. I've never seen it just because of the backlash that's always received since it came out. So I think something never... happened where people were so put off by the village because that twist, I guess to some people made a lot of what you were seeing feel redundant that, and obviously that was the start. And then lady in the water was marketed as like a horror movie or something. Mm-hmm. And it's not that at all. It's just kind of a fantasy film. Right. And then by the time the happening, like that's just a horrible movie by by any measure. So, it, you know, people were, were done with them. And I, but I think Lady in the Water, the case with that was just people felt like they got a bait and switch situation. But it's not a horror. Right. No. Well, what? Oh, yeah. Old is the one, the beach one. Have you guys seen Servants? Servants? No, I haven't seen Servants. Is that the series. new Apple show that he's doing? Oh, yes. yeah. That one. Yeah. No, I haven't seen that. No interest. Those shows... Yeah, those shows just don't look real, like we always no. say. You know, they just kind of look like, yeah, like fake, fake shows, Photoshop posters that nobody has heard of. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, um, Unbreakable though. I let me just get back to what I my thought when you were talking about superheroes. Um, there's is that why you of... shaved your head completely bald? Is because Bruce Willis looks so cool in that movie? You want to be like Bruce Willis for any future <laughs> movies we do? This is what I like Bruce Willis now. <laughs> very, yeah, so very, very forgetful. Very you're going to yeah. be, yeah. Gonna forget just... you're on the show and start babbling. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe poop your pants a little. Take naps. Uh, a couple of things that I noticed about uh, Unbreakable that I guess come from that genre not being established when that came out is that at, at, at first at the beginning, or at least half of it, Seems like he was trying different things with the camera that he didn't use in the second half of it. Uh, like there's a couple of rotating shots that kind of feel unnecessary, but it it felt very, um, very sixties Batman, uh, you know, with the even though it was not presented as that. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a serious the shot with the with the comic book where the when the what's her friend's name um, the character's name. Yeah something biblical right the samuel jackson character uh are you talking about the miss oh elijah i think it's elijah name. yeah 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 when when he's a child and he's given that comic book by his mom braving him so he can leave the house uh and and there's a shot that just it goes 360 for no seemingly no reason i don't know what he was trying to do but it felt very batman-y and he did it a couple of times before the halfway mark of the movie but then I don't even remember what the what the inside of the incident was for for that to change, and then it just feels like it just became a straight on movie. Like it, it left all those small elements of comic book, I guess, uh, um, aesthetic. I want to say I don't know, like because the the comic book movies were not established at, at that time. You have the Batman's from the '90s, and you have the '60s. So I, I don't know how much of a comic book fan Shyamalan is. Like I don't know how how autistic he is about those things, but I wish he kind of kept that throughout the rest of the movie because I feel like it goes from something that could have been more interesting by the way it's shot, and then it just turns into a straight-up like action movie. So you would have preferred a more comic booky film? 
I guess just because it's different than what was coming when the other comic book movies uh, decided what a comic book movie is supposed to be like. And this feels like at moments, this doesn't even feel like a comic book movie to me because it's it's taken so seriously by every single one of the characters that even though it's kind of a kind of a goofy story of like, oh, there's this guy that's made of glass and the opposite is this guy that's unbreakable. And then you have special people you know that have those powers so there's that little seed there that you can expand on but yeah i don't know i i, I kind of wish that it was a little bit more experimental like the first part of it and he doesn't even do it do it that much but it was very noticeable at the beginning and then that's just left out for no i think i'm on the, i'm on the other side of this i i think it's it's still especially after all the crap we've gotten the last yeah, twenty plus wow. years. Like I, I just wow. went and saw Morbius. Everybody, get your tickets. Yeah, why, 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 why would you fulfill the meme and go all the way? How was that? We'll talk. It's, it's silly, mm-hmm. but I didn't have to technically pay for it. So, like, all right, wow, that's but, that's not bad. No, but it's serious? Um, is it like percentage of like too serious for what it is? A little bit, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't. Is it, it more it, serious it, than Venom? I think so, a little bit. It's oh. funny because it, it would be a better movie if it came out 20 years ago. Like, it would be considered a better movie. And like it, it, re- part of the Raimi's? No, it's more like, more like um, like Spawn-type vibes, like that mm. kind of oh, era. Yeah, where so it, bad. But, <laughs> yeah, but, but like, cult and Spawn has a cult following now. But anyway... Um, no, I, I'm I'm on the other side of this because uh, Unbreakable to me is even after everything that we've seen, it's probably one of the most interesting superhero type movies I think there is. I, I don't even, I don't I don't even think it's close generally because everything else is so assembly line made, and this this is one that kind of takes like a neo realistic approach to it, and it it, it asks a, a cool question in my opinion, which is um, don't call it a superhero necessarily, but consider the idea that maybe there's somebody out there that has something about them physically or something or something like that, or physiologically, that's like a one in 100 million thing or like a one in 10 million thing. And what, what possibilities could that kind of, that, that question, I think, put out into the real world. And it's done in a, it's done in a cool way that um, this is a, I believe this is actually a Disney release, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, uh, which, Buena Vista distributed The Sixth Sense, this film, Signs, The Village, and that was a wrap on M. Night with them. Yeah, well, no, so Disney bought Buena Vista after, I think. I think they were still doing their own thing at the time. Um, but, I mean, get on Disney to have this in their library, at least, because <laughs> them getting Marvel and whatnot, it's, yeah, whatever. Uh, this is one that... that I don't know, it just treats it like a real movie, kind of like how Han said. I, I think I just feel differently about it, that uh, it's just done in this obviously very serious way, which is how Shyamalan operates a lot of the time. He'll take something super seriously, and it'll either work or it won't. And this is a case of uh, when it works, I think, because of the performances, I think because of the kind of neorealistic, very Philadelphia street level kind of uh, cinematography and, and and style to the to just how the film is shot and the, the kind of things that take place in it and it really it humanizes 
this kind of larger than life thing more than I think anything really has since then. I, 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 there's not many close, uh, close calls that I think have the same effect. I, I, one that pops in my head, of course, because Laura said his name the other day, one that tried to do it that was moderately successful was like Chronicle, obviously Max Landis, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Just Trank, right? Yeah, well, yeah but Landis Trank was involved. Landis yeah. wrote the script and wrote came up with the yeah. idea. Yeah. Both of them, rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Max Landis has a short out on YouTube where he plays, I think, Wally West or Barry Allen or somebody, and he's being interrogated by the police over a murder. So that's what, what he's doing currently. He's doing his own little shorts or something on YouTube, fan films on YouTube. Oh. Wow. That's what he's spending his millions on, making fan films on youtube that's cool good for you max you want to come on this show <laughs> i would love to have max landis on this show are you kidding yeah, me? we could do a we not? should do a max landis retrospective with max landis okay the only catch not... the only catch is that uh when we're on the show everybody has to be eating pho just to subliminally <laughs> tell him what we're thinking uh, uh we could just uh you know abruptly play a, a famous clip from the faces of death vhs tape as well just middle of the show just abruptly <laughs> someone can pull that up i think that could be but, good but but um yeah for unbreakable for me what what drives it home is just um i don't know how how real it is uh, in a sense and uh yeah and, and i don't know there's just something about it stylistically that i find especially in retrospect way more interesting Uh, some people think maybe maybe it's a little like quiet maybe a little sleepy but that's the intention of the movies if you go in understanding that this is like a really like intimate character study almost it it's pretty entertaining and and it's like a great sunday afternoon movie where like you don't want to move but you want to watch something entertaining enough that's going to pass like two hours that this is this is uh, right on the top of the list. It more than qualifies. So I'm, yeah, I'm a fan. I just like it stylistically a lot, even though it's a pretty simple story. I do think that this movie has some of the best cinematography in any M. Night Shyamalan film. Because, again, I watched three more of his movies. Uh, and for whatever reason, it seemed like, er- I mean, early in his career, he really had all of the components necessary to be considered a great filmmaker firing at max capacity and this movie has some like very early green screen technology that i think still looks considerably at least decent uh by modern standards where you know you just have bruce willis sitting on the train you can tell it's a green screen shot mm-hmm. but it looks so much better than a lot of what you would probably find in morbius or other films of the of any genre really because they just seemingly forgot how to layer and composite these images together um and also the fact that he starts with an opening shot, it seems like a one take where he's just panning back and forth. Uh, you get an idea of the Bruce yeah. Willis character or maybe a misconception of his character where he's taking off his wedding ring. He's flirting with this woman who has a, uh, a pretty gross tattoo on her abdomen. Somehow, somehow he's like, yeah, that's hot because, you know, I'm an old man. And that's what's hot to me in 2000 is a disgusting, ugly tattoo on this moderate fives hip. Yeah, that sounds great. So he tries to fuck this chick, and she's like, yeah, he's bald and old. I got to get away from him. She goes and switches seats, and then the train crashes. He's the lone survivor. Uh, I I really enjoy the opening, how that kind of introduces you to his character. And uh, I also think that this is one of Sam Jackson's more interesting roles, especially for the time where he's just kind of playing, 
you know, heavy or a gangster in a lot of movies. To get something like this where he's a nerd, you know, yeah. and uh, a, a cripple at that, uh, the weird personality. It's a fun, uh, uh, you know, excursion in his career. The, the comic book guy from The Simpsons elevated to fantasy, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't disagree with what, what Jake said because I do like when the movie does that, when it's showing me like a very serious story, a shot, like a straight story. It doesn't feel like a superhero movie. I like that. But when he does those little, I don't know if it's a throwback or like little camera movements that don't really fit how serious everything is presented, it kind of took me out of it. So I was like, all right, so you either present the story straight like most of the movie is or go all in with the weirdness of the camera movements and all that but i feel like because it wasn't done throughout it only happens a couple of times it kind of took me out of it because i was like all right i'm trying to figure out what he's trying to do or what he's what message he's trying to relay with the camera movement to see if it makes any sense for it to move this way but i feel like the times that that was used it was more of like a stylistical a decision that didn't really add much so it was more of a or at least to me it felt more of a distraction from the 100 percent down-to-earth realistic take on superheroes that we were given uh for him to get so like fancy and, and playful like that in just a couple of scenes mm-hmm. but I, I i like the um the whole uh structure of the bruce willis character and i thought and I mean, I, I, I'm sure I've seen maybe 20 Bruce Willis movies or, or because I, I feel like even if you don't try to, you end up watching a bunch of Bruce Willis movies. What? Um, he was but... in like 50 last year. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that his performance here is one of the best that I've seen. He's very emotive. He shows a lot of range when it comes to his emotions, which is. Well, he, he gradually drains out of any sort of energy i guess uh later in his career by the way jake have you seen any of those movies that have come out in the past oh, year or two boy. no no i i should have i'm a i'm a, I'm a faithful man of the uh, red box circulation but i, I've, I I've, haven't picked any of those up i think you're better for it i've i, I only watched the red lantern media uh you know explanation yeah. video of all these horrible movies where they speculated that you know maybe he's got dementia or something and then turns out like yeah he's he's done he's done um yeah. Uh, where he's just going, yeah, yeah, okay. It's like he's like so he's actually in like a boring conversation bad. with somebody in real life, and not <laughs> acting. He forgets that he's acting. You can tell that a lot of the time he's just not there. Like the the camera pans at him, and you see in his eyes that he's somewhere else, like not really present on the scene. Right, and then yeah. the way it's they're cut and edited to make it sound like he's actually having a conversation that makes sense, uh, but then. Like the, the the room tone might not match perfectly with the last line, or no, there's or, an know, air the conditioner blasting uh... over his track, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. even though they're or in the, the street, or, or the way that that line delivery sounded like sounded like it was recorded not when he was saying that or not when he was sitting there. It's sad, especially now that you, we know why he was making all those movies. It's it's really sad to just see him a lifeless Bruce Willis still pretending to be like a villain or like a hard man and it's just what what is your your favorite bruce willis role for each of you oh man uh, bruno for, no, what, uh, what first is one is probably uh, butch from pulp fiction is probably 
that's probably the one for me. John McClane's too easy. That, mm-hmm, that yeah. one's too easy. I'd say Butch from Pulp, uh, Pulp Fiction, probably. That's a, I, that might be his best acting role in Pulp Fiction. I really enjoy him when he plays off type. He like in Death Becomes Her, where he's just like this nebbish kind of nerdy guy, and they had him grow his unflattering hair out some, and he's got glasses. He's pretty good in that movie. Uh, I gotta be honest, I'm not really a big Bruce Willis fan though. No, now that I'm maybe fifth. He's cool, and he he was cool. I mean, yeah, great. But like after that, I I don't know. It's great leading guy, but it was. a lot of the same, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A it's... lot of like, well, we know what we're going to get from him. And, oh, yeah, we got it. That's good. Good performance. You gave us what we expected. <laughs> well, but I feel like he's used, like, maybe it's, uh, Sin City. I'm just thinking. Sin City is good, I... yeah. That's, that's like a swan song for his career, though, in reality. Because what does he do after that? Cop out? Cop out? And then he gets into the direct <laughs> video dog. market? Alpha Dog. That's right. He's that's Nick Vegas. Oh, is it really? Yeah. The director, Lincoln, uh, Lucky Number 11. Terrible. Uh, 16 12, Blocks. 16 Blocks, yeah. Fast Food Nation, Planet Terror, Life Planet for Your Die Hard. Is that the, that's the one with with Kevin Smith, right? Life for Your Die Hard. Yeah, that is the one with Kevin Smith, yeah. Well, one of them. I think there's more than, than one. Kevin Smith pops up out. in the fourth one. Yeah. Oh, just, just the fourth one? All right. Yeah, you got Cop Out, I'm Still Here. Uh, is that the it's the joaquin phoenix casey affleck documentary uh red and then a bunch of movies that i don't recognize was red the last big blockbuster movie because that was a surprising hit it was all the geriatric actors being action stars yeah he did red but then he did one more die hard after that that yeah was nobody nobody ever talks about a good day to die hard yeah with, with jai courtney boy Oh, that's the guy who's... they get when they can't get uh, another guy that looks like him. I can't think of their name. The guy, who, he he easily gets confused with the guy from Avatar, who just oh, Sam desired. Worthington. Sam Worthington. That one. No, yeah, no, yeah, Sam, yeah, Sam, yeah. Surprisingly, it's funny. Sam Worthington still gets. He still gets work. He was just. I hated him like twelve years ago, but he because <laughs> he was just in that stupid corner of like, oh, he was an Avatar, so let's put him in every crappy. CGI action movie for the next like three years, but then he those, then those he act, uh, those actors that have these face for the whole time always just kind of like, right. We need a bulky always... Australian. Can we just <laughs> they swap him out every four or five years? And he was just like the first incarnation of that. Uh, Jai Courtney's only ever been good from what I've seen anyway in Suicide Squad as Captain Boomerang. Otherwise, he's a fucking bore. He's, he sucks. He's a dud. What else did he do? Alien, Co- uh, Alien Covenant. He was in that, right? I think. Uh, was he? That movie. Uh, honestly, one of them, Prometheus. One of those. For a Danny McBride know. starring Alien film directed by Ridley Scott. What a forgettable movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, he did uh, Expendables 2. I guess that's a big one, too. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Venice? I don't, I don't even know what that is. It's just him it's with just, a dog. People, <laughs> people aping him. a title for the 50th time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, well, let me show the post. He's, uh, <laughs> it looks like him and Wishbone going on adventures. <laughs> Do you remember Wishbone? Wait, Is what? it a legit man and dog movie? I mean... Uh, Is this like K-9 or... Uh... <laughs> it says oh, a Los Angeles Bruce detective sticks out the ruthless gang that stole oh, his dog. Look at okay, this cast. Think... Hold on. Look at this. John Goodman. Th- th- this is a big red flag here. Thomas Middleditch. 
Jason Momoa, <laughs> but Jason Momoa will do anything. Jason Momoa appears in as much shit as he does giant Hollywood hits. Uh, Famke yeah, Jensen, who's Adam terrifying. Goldberg if you ever Lou the Jew, look at that. Lou the Jew, he always plays Ooh. the Jew. Uh, Famke Jensen, if you ever see her on the New York City subway, you will be terrified. It's a lot like seeing the nun from the Conjuring movies <laughs> oh, in real no. life. Seeing oh, plastic no. surgery, that kind of plastic surgery in day to day life, is really something unnerving. Damn, oh, her face Jesus. is all Whitney Cummings, huh? She looks like a werewolf now. She looks like the lion from <laughs> Wizard of Oz. Fuck. It's a great look. <laughs> Put him up. Put him up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is a that is... Rough, rough conclusion for her career. Um, so, Unbreakable. I, I mean, my, my personal feeling on it is, uh, you know, when I first visited this movie, I was also... Uh, message board goer. You know, I was one of those guys who would frequent the superhero comic book message board. I frequently talk about this on the show, but people would always say, oh, you know what the best Superman film is? They like to pull that. Like, the best blank film is actually this movie that's not this film. They used to say, the best Superman film is Unbreakable. And no, it's not. It's not even... No. no, It's nothing at all like Superman. It's just a, a strong man. If this was the yeah. 1920s, he'd be the strong man at the circus. That's all. He'll have a mustache and will wear a thong always. Why didn't anyone right? make like, a, a Bruce Willis leg day and... strong man movie? You could have had you could have had that curly mustache. <laughs> put him in a one piece. <laughs> Just doing those big man poses, but with skinny yeah, yeah. legs. That would have yeah. made this movie so his, much his better. Answer right under his, his <laughs> nipple line. You could have you could have had him be in denial about it, even though he looks like the classic strong man. And his son's just arguing with him the entire time, threatening to shoot him if he doesn't lift weights. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. a funny scene, right? And they're, they're just like, oh, my kid almost went homicidal. Yeah. Five minutes, nothing. Yeah, we're going to forget forget about this. Right. Like, they, me, don't, they don't give him wrong therapy or anything. They don't even broach that subject. It's just like, oh, he's just acting up. This kid's just a brat. That's it. Well, he listened to the black man. He was influenced by the black man. So he now wants to kill his dad so that he can be part right. of He it. tries to bargain with. He says, I'll shoot you. I'll just shoot you once. Oh, yeah. How about I just shoot you once? But I did yeah. like the, the approach that they have the Bruce Willis character take where he's like, yeah, you're right. But you're going to be in trouble if you do that. I'm going to mm-hmm. go to New York. You're going to be grounded and I'm leaving home. I'm going to abandon my family if you shoot me. I mean, that's a legitimate excuse, though. If my son shot me, I'd, I'd probably leave him. Yeah, yeah I, was just watching, I was just watching a video. <laughs> you, to the fucking cemetery. You die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I was mean, just I watching. Mean, if he fatally shot me, I'd die. Yeah, he, he could shoot me in the foot. He could, he could shoot me in the old buttocks and the wow. million-dollar wound, they call it. There was a video on YouTube recently about uh, children's disturbing uh, drawings and backstories. Now, Hans, we were just talking the other day about how we're both in the same YouTube rabbit hole of true crime and uh, spooky stories or whatever. Now, did you get to any children's drawings with disturbing backstories? There was one uh, about a sun that was painted on a house. I don't know if you've seen this one. Like a sun in the sky? 
Yeah, so like a, like a creepy okay. sun with a giant smile. Uh, and uh, It's always a would... smile. I hate the smile component to anything. It's just I looked out my window and there was a woman staring at me with the biggest Smiling smile. Man. They're all happy. Why is everybody so happy when they're in your home? <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe, I don't know. It just seems to put you... everybody in a good mood is a good home invasion. Why are you happier than me in my house? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck. I lost my train of thought. Uh, well, listen. There was a drawing oh, where uh, they discovered a kid's anyway. drawing. He drew yes. his grandma. Oh, yeah. And, well, I'm so already in my story. No, Hans, I'm telling the story no, the first. Talk... You lost your opportunity here. We'll and get to your drawing. They removed the floorboards, and there was a fucking Ouija board there. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> God, I get, really, I get really yeah. angry watching these videos because they're just so bullshit, and they expect you to believe it. I'll shut it off halfway and just swear at my television. I get sick of it. But there was a kid's drawing. He drew his grandma in the living room, and he was smiling, and she was hanging, and he was cutting her head off from being hanged, and the parents were also smiling. And then the next day, he had breakfast with his grandma and said, I hate you, and I'm going to kill you. So that, that was the end of the story. But Hans, you saw something about a son? Yeah. And then there's a Ouija board, and they find it, and they're like, oh, my God, here's a board. There must be something fishy Yeah, I'm real bored here. by this story, Hans. <laughs> How about we talk about and Unbreakable? I'm just missing like the the bad accent that the parents have because I don't remember. I think it was in England or something. And then it's just like, yeah. And then they came and they took it away. And he hasn't showed up again, so he must. Well, have yeah, been the, the, the kid in Unbreakable. The, the kid in Unbreakable. He, he he does a drawing, doesn't he? Uh, I think maybe does he? He might. I I feel like he might. Be. Uh, I don't know. I was thinking there, there might be one of those stupid fan theories out there, like oh. 10 things you might have missed from Unbreakable when he draws this. Oh, I guarantee you there are probably a lot from the pre-split era before M. Night decided to go back to the well. There was a lot of speculation that M. Night was going to do multiple films when this came out, and it didn't really seem of interest at the time. There might have been a tie-in comic book or novel or or something that uh, he commissioned or did himself. But if I remember correct, there was no interest until he bottomed out as a filmmaker to go back and, and mess with this and see what could be explored. Have you guys seen the sequels to this movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. all three. Or, well, there's three total. Yeah, I've only seen Split. I have not seen uh, Glass yet. I'm going to try to get around to watching that this week. But uh, Split, I remember being pretty favorable of, although there's definitely some goofy moments in that movie. But I liked how they tackled uh, the James McAvoy character. And also, he, you know, in spite of really going over the top at points with some of those characters, I think he's a fairly reliable actor in that regard and doesn't kill it or make it seem too unserious. Well, he's great when he's playing this type of character, I think, where it's like, <clears throat> where it's Bald. like, yeah, where he's just, well... <laughs> Where he's just like a little twisted, a little fucked up. Uh, I, I'm just because I've seen the three of them, but you know my memory. I just remember I enjoyed this one. Um, that's when he just has a bunch of girls that kidnap, right? Yeah. And then he just switches personalities. Yeah, this was really good. I, I, I always enjoy him in everything he's, or at least everything that I see him in. I know that uh, what's this director? Um, 
uh, Danny Boyle uses him a lot. Oh, he's yeah. usually yeah. very good on his. Well, what, what things, was he in? Uh, he was in Trance, which was one of Danny Boyle's lesser films for certain. Are you sure you're not thinking of Ewan McGregor? Because he's got a very similar vibe about him, Scottish and everything. No, isn't Filth? Isn't Filth also? That wasn't Danny Boyle. That was Irvine Welsh, uh, oh. who wrote Train Spotting. That was an adaptation of one of his films. We should get around to covering Filth on this show. That's a pretty underrated comedy from 2013. Why, why am I thinking of Danny Boyle? He, well, Jake confirmed it, right? <laughs> He's worked with Danny Boyle before. Yeah. What? Uh, uh, 28 Days. No, he wasn't in that. No, that was right. uh, Killian uh, Murphy. Yeah, Killian Murphy. Was it Trance? It no, was only Trance. The... It was only oh. Trance. Trance was a rough going. Trance yeah. was, I was not a fan of that movie. Okay, well, maybe I'm full of shit. I just like <laughs> Jazz McAvoy every time I see him. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's what has he done lately? He's, he, he seems like he got absorbed into those X-Men movies and that ate up too much of his time. And now he's not really doing much of anything. Uh, yeah, the last thing he did was a series called His Dark Materials. And right, that was on the, HBO. That was, was in Lin-Manuel the material? Miranda. Was like, like poo? A giant digestive system. Uh, the bubble, which you which you loved, which you really enjoyed, right? Oh yeah, but that's a, that's like a, a there's like a hundred actors that come up in that movie, and it's all shit like um, you know it'll be like oh here's Kate McKinnon, she's a co-star in the movie, but it's actually she's doing this at home to record herself, and she's talking to her phone, and then they just threw it on a giant green screen in the movie. They do that. That was un- unbearable. I uh, I really could no, not palate that. That was by far the worst thing I've watched this year, and it's not even close. I thought that Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie Netflix put out was going to be the worst movie I've seen this year. No, The Bubble is much worse. Netflix just cannot get their shit together. Well, they th- it's because they think that... I mean, I'm not, not saying this with Texas Chainsaw, but I know that this is not the first time that they think that just by having recognizable faces then it's going to be good it's just, that's like, judd it's, apatow though that's not really... your, they're stars oh and that yeah good luck. why didn't oh, we even watch that well why i i think even though judd apatow is a completely annoying piece of shit i mean i i like more of his movies than not at least fr- from when i originally watched them uh the king of staten island i thought was pretty bad and he's he's done a thing since about funny people where he seems to have it in his head. The longer a joke goes, the funnier it is. And that is not the case at all, especially when you're dealing with celebrities who don't know how to deliver a joke. And also when you're yeah. a watered down, uh, just Hollywood liberal who you don't even really know what to joke about anymore. What's funny. It's just like, well, what if we make fun of ourselves? Cause we're famous and rich and celebrity. Okay, great. That was, that was, that was amusing in knocked up when James Franco played himself on the E set for E! News back in 2004, 2005. That doesn't fucking fly in 2022 where we're just disgusted by you people because of Twitter. So you have a lot of that. You have a lot of Pedro Pascal trying to be funny because he's Pedro Pascal. Hey, everybody, it's Pedro Pascal, a guy who does fucking everything. Talentless hack, Pedro Pascal. Fuck that guy. I will say fuck Pedro Pascal. He's shit. I've never seen him in anything fucking good. And people will always tell you, tell you, oh, he's a great actor. He's amazing. No, he fucking sucks. Well, it's because he's just in all of these fandom shows, right? So you can't yeah, not like him. The only right? thing I'd say he's actually good in, if you want to call it good, is uh, 
Game of Thrones, but that, that's, it was, just, yeah. But it's but it's because the character's material is so good. Mm-hmm. That's why. And then mm-hmm. he gets his skull crushed in, and it's amazing in a very satisfying <laughs> way. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> by a gigantic man. Uh, but they give him up. He has a lot of like joker energy in game of thrones you know where he's just very playful and very kind of flamboyant and is he gay or is he just very no, sexually open you know like very yeah. i just want everyone to see me fuck kind of guy uh he's great in that i don't think i've seen anything else where i think is good wasn't he in uh that he was wonder woman e2 movie? mama tom yeah all the more reason he fucking sucks is wonder woman 84's big bad guy ricardo montabon mixed with trump it's horrible in that <laughs> right. movie he double teamed some old hag in E2 Mama Tambien. That was the only thing I can I can conjure in my Pedro, head. That's not Pedro Pascal. No, I'm just a racist. I don't know what to tell you. Like that's I said, you've seen one brown, you've seen them all. Maybe it was M. Night. I don't fucking know. It's Diego Luna. You it was Diego shit, Luna and him, wasn't it? No. Who's the other was, guy? Look, can we look oh, this up real quick? Louis can you just Guzman. type in MFM on X videos? MFM Latin? Yeah, MFM Latinx. I got it bookmarked. One second. Uh, Gael Garcia, who had a bigger career than Diego Luna before. You say Carlos Mencia? (laughs) (laughs) No, this guy. Oh, that guy. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen this since I was 10 years old, and I thought something hot was going to happen in this movie, and it doesn't. It's presented like that, but I guess you just see him fuck a couple of times and very... Awkwardly and quickly, and then at the end they kiss. Gay, but yeah, this guy, what gay, is he doing? Gay, gay. He's, what are, he's, he's on an untitled now. YouTube series. Oh, that's sad. That's exciting. <laughs> that's wow. He was in Mozart in the Jungle. That's the he was in old. Recently. He was in old with oh. M Night. There you go. He played the father. Yeah. Was yeah, he was guy. He was guy. Yeah, he was the dude. Yeah, he was the main guy. I haven't seen it. I don't know. Rufus Sewell. Oh, yeah, he was the main guy. How- how do you know know that? Look Lord. at that. That's a that's a little bit of uh, synchronicity here. We we go off on a tangent. Let alone this 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 fine fella is in one of the movies we have to talk about. Yes, Amazing. do they do they give him like a giant white woman to be his wife because he's he's such a little little Mexican that uh, every time they pair him with like a. A, a blonde or a white woman is kind of like oh they do a lot they do a lot of low angle shots to make him look like a grown up uh, yeah, they learned with tom cruise mm-hmm. <laughs> not enough apple boxes in the world for him all right so i have has any opinion <clears throat> on unbreakable not gone expressed for, well, for tonight's program it's tough to say because there's um it's it's a, like I said, it's kind of a sleepy movie. So the general discussion around it, while it's mostly positive, it's a, it's a pretty straightforward movie. It's just a, it's and it's a, it's cultural effect didn't hit as hard as say the Sixth Sense, or in my opinion, and I think I think really most people like Signs. Uh, Signs was the one that though the Sixth Sense, everybody talked about whatnot. It was R rated, so maybe that that. Uh, ostracized just a little bit of an audience whereas signs was the one that literally blew up i I think really blew up like box office hit had all the uh all the praise and whatnot and then had an a-list cast like star-studded and whatnot and uh so unbreakable there's not too much to say i think i think it's 
it's a matter of if it's your taste in movie, which for me it is. I love the, like I said, the neorealistic style that they, they take an approach to uh, the superhero with, which was totally different at the time and still is different now. I don't think a movie's really come in, in kind of, I think, re- resonated with people in the same way. It's just that it wasn't one of these big blockbuster type events that, that he's had uh, a few times now. So it's, it's a, it's a good movie. I'd say it's, it borders on really good. And uh, it's one that I think if superhero movies are going to continue to be made and it looks like they're losing a little bit of luster, but they'll still be made uh, a reversion to a story like this is more interesting because I'm sick of seeing the Benedict Cumber batch, I don't know, play around with his hands and we see all orange and, and CGI and stuff like that. Like, uh, by the way, Hans, yeah. are you excited at all for that new one? Cause it's Sam Raimi. No, uh, I'm not excited about anything superhero related. I know they're, they're Sam uh, Raimi literally said he has no idea what's going on and he directed the movie. Yeah. They're, they're trying to sell it as like a horror movie, but just because it's him directing it, but you know that everything they touch is going to be the same tone and the same everything as every other movie. They right. Put out. It, that's just garbage, secret, sneaky marketing. I think they hire yeah. some people on Twitter to start putting that putting that framing on the movie. Because remember when the first Spider-Man movie came out, what were they saying? Oh, it's like a John Hughes film. It's just mm-hmm. like a John Hughes teen film. And then you watch it. No, it's just Marvel shit. Um, and they try that a few different times. Or Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Actually, it's kind of a political thriller, like like all, all the President's Men. It's a lot like uh, Parallax View. Sure it is. Yeah, with giant with a man that gets huge with a touch of a button, and then have another <laughs> one that thinks he's a, a lion. And yes, Ant Man is a lot like the Magnificent Ambersons. Is uh, yeah, it's yeah. a lot like I, I'd say dials into the, the best of Roger Corman's library, the 50 foot tall woman or, mm. or, or uh, what's it? The, the, the wasp woman. Yeah. Yeah. Really hard. Yeah, Mondo, Mondo, Mondo topless. topless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Russ Meyer. Gigantic victims with her titties out. Here's what I've decided. I would, here's what I would like to do on the topic of, uh, of, of, of movies like that. I think the next movie that the three of us do, whatever it might be, now, granted, that could be different because, Jay, I know you've got an uh, upcoming role in a little movie where you were... What were okay, can you talk about your role? Yeah, I was on screen for like 10 seconds. Did you yeah. have a line? <laughs> Did they give you a line? I, yeah, I ad-libbed it. Um, so, I technically, I, it, it, it all depends on what, what take they go with. Because I did two separate lines. I pretty much both ad-libbed right on the spot. I was in, it, it was a cameo, if anything. Mm-hmm. I'm on a snowboard and I fall over and I eat the ground. Play the animal. Very hard. <laughs> that was the end. <laughs> that was the end. Oh, you see Jake's fist. Oh, you. Why are you here? It's cold. <laughs> Can't you see the snow is white? The snow is white. <laughs> well, that, that's exciting. Is that movie coming out this year or is that going to drop next year? No, nah, it's going to be a while for that one. Uh, Lionsgate is going to take that at the end of the year and then just store it until fall of 2023. That's what I'm hearing. Oh boy. Yeah. 
Well, that's that's exactly well, well, what I was going to say was whatever we wind up doing next, I feel pretty adamant that we should cast an actor to play a Latin American role who is not Latin American and grease that that grease that boy up, put some brown on his on his skin. Oh, that's let's cast uh, Justin Trudeau. That would be what. Well, he's he's he, you know he's going to be out of office soon, right? Yeah, and, and he'll he's, be he's done theater. He's done theater, so we can we can just have him tap into both of his roots, you know, just putting shoe polish on his face and dancing around. Hans, would you ever wear some bronzer to appear more Latin on screen? Sure, why not? Whatever, whatever works. We could make we could make like a, a cult movie about Hans to be the the be like the fifty foot tall woman, but it would just be called the six foot tall Mexican. <laughs> just a, a, a giant beard and a bald head, and I just wear robes. You're like you're just <laughs> you're about... just walking down the streets of like uh, like Juarez, and just everybody looks up. There's this giant shadow of this six foot two man just towering over <laughs> the unsuspecting town of Juarez. Like the the, uh, the cartel has nothing to say for it. Yeah, They're, his just... bullets don't hurt me. This <laughs> is a cartel. He's just shooting me. They're little like, cartel <laughs> pea shooters going pew pew pew. Yeah, let's just not shoot it there, though. We can no. Just shoot it <laughs> no, I think we're rich. They'll we'll, we'll wind up in a van and probably uh, strung up over a bridge, nude and dead. Hans, what what is, have you expressed any uh, or not not expressed any opinions about Unbreakable that you've thought about this film thus far before we wrap out? this episode uh the music was good uh, i was gonna say was and, a, and this is something that, that comes James into Howard yes again? that this is something yeah. that comes into effect with signs as well is when m night is working with james newton howard which is his four i think landmark films uh six cents unbreakable signs the village it really elevates the movie extremely well and i think that's uh mainly to the the benefit of a movie like the village where it's kind of there's a much slower pacing and uh, you know, you're just kind of getting a lot of character development. You have these little bursts of dramatic scenes uh, having that score come in really uplifts uh, what you're looking at on the screen. And that's certainly the case with unbreakable as well. Um, my general sentiment has been that a lot of the greatness around M night, I think has to do with his chosen collaborators during this time. And having access to certain actors and certain, um, you know, just people to fill out his crew and all that, uh, that maybe he shifted away from when he took his business over to Warner Brothers instead of Buena Vista. So, I don't know. There might be something to that we'll find out surely soon enough once we get into his slump period. But, uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed Unbreakable. It's not one of my favorites of his, uh, off the top of my head anyway. But I did enjoy it probably more now than I did back then, although I still feel fatigue over superheroes, even if this is a completely different take on that and you have to put yeah. yourself in the headspace of, all right, well, th these movies didn't exist back then, but still, with just all the context of comic book everything, it's very difficult to sit and enjoy it the same way that a person might have back in 2000 when you don't have so many options and your outlet for comic book nerddom might be wizard magazine or an imdb message board you know so uh, i enjoyed it not my favorite i'd probably give it a seven out of ten if i was hard pressed to rate it um 
but Samuel Jackson's very good. Where where does the uh, James McAvoy character come into play in this movie? Is it just well, what, what's the deal with that? Because I know there's some kind of connection, right? That's in this movie that ties to that character. No, I I mean I um I'd have to look that up because uh, I don't know I, I I don't know if there was a connection. Maybe there's like a loose reference somewhere that Shyamalan took and ran with when he was doing Split, but I don't remember that. So that. Uh, that's on me to do my research. I should know better. For some reason, I had yeah, it in my head that he survived the train and wound up fucked up because of that. But that wasn't the case because Bruce Willis is the, the only survivor in that train crash, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what it might be then. Maybe it was something else. I have I have no idea. Uh, Hans, are you researching it right now or just uh, distressed? No, no. I'm, I'm trying to find something about it. But I, I was trying to remember, but it's, you know... Uh, it's been a while since I've seen that one, so I don't I don't really remember what the connection there is. Uh It's been a while. Punisher yeah. soundtrack. Was it Chad Kro- no, that wasn't Chad Kroger. Stained. That was Stained. Stained. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Lewis. <laughs> Aaron Lewis, who's now a, a like a country singer. You know John Rich is on Timcast tonight of Big and Rich. Oh boy. Out oh, in Nashville where Shut In was shot. Save a horse, ride a cowboy. Oh, Come on, that that is. Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea. I would, you mentioned the name. I'm like, yeah, cool. Big and rich. Oh man, wolf. What a Four period. Wolf. What a period where they gained mainstream success. Millions of dollars. And John Rich winner, Celebrity Apprentice, season five. I think he beat uh, Marley Matlin, who was just in the Best Picture winner, Coda, on Apple TV. Comes back around to that. That's a fake movie. Don't dare waste your time watching it. All right, that's been movies for this week. Thank you for listening.